It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Southern Race Week, right here on your great racing station or on your podcast location. I'm often imitated but never duplicated. I am William Barber, a.k.a. WB, and, of course, as always, setting the heights out the pit box and making the world turn in the right direction at a high velocity of speed is none other than Alfie. Yeah, man, what's going on with you, brother? Hey there, WB. Glad to be back with you again this week. A new episode of Southern Race Week Radio. As you mentioned, we are now in the podcasting world, so you can listen to the entire show. Sometimes we have to leave some stuff on the cutting room floor, which happens sometimes with radio. Even though the show is live, we have to record some of our interviews, and sometimes we leave some things on the cutting room floor. So if you go to our podcast, You'll be able to hear all our interviews in its entirety, commercial-free, no interruption there. So you can check us out on iTunes, on um, a Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. Just search for Southern Race Week Radio when you go to the search bar and check it out and listen in as we bring you new content every week here now that we are able to record our shows from our respective homes as we continue our social distancing. And also on social media, you can follow us at SRW Radio. William Barber has himself a lot of social media places you can go to to uh, see him as well. So where can you see uh, William? William, where can they find you on social media? Um, Twitter, WB Radio Network. That's WB Radio Network. Or you can look for anything, hashtag WB Radio Network. And you can also find me on Instagram, at William Barber. And, of course, on Southern Race Week's Facebook page. Alfie, this week on the show... He started broadcasting way back in the day. He's also still on the air, but he is now the director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Winston Kelly's going to stop by the old program, Alfie. Talk with you a little bit. And then Alfie has finally, after many years and many discussions, has decided to share the opportunity for me to spend time on the air with his buddy, his pal, NASCAR driver Natalie Decker is going to stop by the program. We're going to talk about her, her uh, iRacing, e-racing, and her YouTube channel that she has going on right now. She's got a lot of great formulas to bring to the NASCAR program once the NASCAR season gets back running. And then, of course, we're going to check up with our good buddy Mike Bagley from MRN Radio and Sirius XM Radio and talk about how the new world that we live in has changed the way that they are having to do their show, which ironically, Alfie, it's kind of how we've been doing our show for the last 20 years. And also, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to him also. Uh, William, I don't know if you read the news lately, but NASCAR's looking to try to get back into the swing of things uh, in mid-May, which is some of the news that they're looking at to do. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to Mike as well as and get his thoughts on the possibility of NASCAR returning uh, in mid-May. So um, I, as I try to do every week, William, for you, is bring you a jam-packed, informative show and i think we got another one for the uh for the real here uh, this week as well sir well of course always here on the show we want to invite you to tune in tell your family tell your friends tell your cousins and neighbors about the little old program been around now for 14 15 years on radio and um you know hey uh we'd love to have you be involved with the show 
and uh, tell us what you want to know more about. Check us out on Facebook.com. And Alfie, got a brand new email address that folks can shoot you an email if they would like to be a guest. Is that not correct? That is correct, Mr. Barber. We have an email address now. So if you are a driver or someone who knows us, someone who might be a great guest, especially in the short track world, we love to hear and get to know some of the up and coming drivers in the short track community. So if you are interested in coming on the show, being a guest, uh, we do have an email address. Or if you just want to make your comments and thoughts about the program, srwradio at yahoo.com is the email address that is srwradio at yahoo.com so feel free to uh, drop us an email and uh, let us know what you think about the show or if you have someone in mind that would be a great guest for the program as well Wayne. hey this is jamie mcmurray and you're listening to southern race week all right and welcome back to this week's edition of southern race week radio along the far-flung southern race week radio network it's southie as we're yet again bringing you live shows as we've been on a hiatus here the last few weeks with Best Duds, but now we are able to get the technology working here and able to do live interviews yet again. So uh, real quickly, we have a limited time, so we want to get to my special guest right now as we head on over to the Food Depot Zoom video line, and we welcome in the director, one of the main men in charge over the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Winston Kelly! Uh, my mom would have loved that introduction, just like she would have written it up. And uh, I love the Zoom part of that. You know, it's good to get to see you. have been on the show a number of times, and uh, good to get to see you. Yeah, normally I might see you on TV sometimes. Or, of course, we hear your voice on MRN radio when you're doing a NASCAR coverage, when there's a NASCAR races going on, which, of course, right now we're taking a little time off for this COVID-19 situation but yet it's great to be able to see you as we do this interview here on Southern Race Week Radio. Thanks so much for taking time to join us and be back on the show again this week but want to get into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Of course you're one of the main men in charge over there at the hall and just recently a few weeks ago you announced the nominations for the upcoming class for the NASCAR Hall of Fame and in case our listeners don't know you guys kind of changed the process a little bit of how the balloting will be taking place so for those listeners who might not be familiar with the change tell us real quick the change in the format for the nomination process well something we did in conjunction with nascar who facilitates the process and i really like how it has evolved over the years but uh, now we've got three different groups that make the ultimate selection we went from one nominating committee and 20 people nominated to two nominating committees we've got the nomination committee that nominates for the modern era, and there are 22 members of that. And then we have the honors committee that has 43 members made up predominantly of living NASCAR Hall of Famers that nominates for the pioneer ballot. The pioneer ballot is anybody whose career began prior to 60 years ago for each class. So that would be 1960 or prior for the class of 2021. And then the modern era is 1961 forward. So that's the nomination process. There are 10 people that we nominated for the modern era ballot, which we'll talk about, and five for the pioneer ballot. Two will be selected from the modern era ballot. One will be selected from the pioneer ballot uh, by the voting panel later on this year. And that's made up of 64 total members. So that's the basic change that we have uh, going into the class of 2021. And it'll help us by reducing that to maintain those high standards of enshrinement that we had. And this has been in the, in the thought process since day one. 
we knew there was going to be a point in time that we go from five to a smaller number. We also knew for uh, that there'd be a point in time we needed to make sure we had a dedicated effort to focus on those pioneers uh, as the people who had raced with them, there's less of them. So uh, it's always been in the thought process and this was the right time. And I really kind of like the idea because unlike other Hall of Fames that have been around for years and years and years, you guys just started up, you know, not that long ago. You want to honor and cherish the, the beginners, the guys who made the sport what it is today, which makes total sense. But now you're kind of getting to that time where there are drivers like on the pine, on the new ballot, you got, you got Dale Earnhardt Jr., Carl Edwards, some of the drivers who did make a contribution to the sport as the generations went on. But like you said, if this is, gives you an opportunity to really thank those drivers who did make or those people who did make the effort to start the sport and then those who are evolving and continuing the sport in generations that myself, I might be more familiar with, there may be those that, you know, pioneered the sport per se. So I think it's really great. And like we mentioned, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Carl Edwards, you know, Dale Jr. seemed really surprised that he was nominated. He said he wouldn't vote for himself. But as far as deciding the process, um, who goes into deciding the nominees? Is that yourself and some other people? And then that goes to the committee. How are the nomination process uh, made? NASCAR develops the process, and, and I say that to give them credit because I really like the process, and there's 22 different people made up uh, predominantly of NASCAR, NASCAR Hall of Fame, and track executives to nominate the modern era, and then the honors committee that nominates for the pioneers committee, there are 43 members that are eligible for that. We actually had a, a Zoom-type webcast virtual meeting and that's made up predominantly of living NASCAR Hall of Famers, living Squire Hall Award recipients, and living uh, Landmark Award recipients, as well as a small number of folks from NASCAR and a couple of us from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So they're predominantly people like the living Hall of Famers, be it a Bobby Allison on one end of the spectrum, Richard Petty, Dale Inman, who participated, uh, Ned Jarrett in the early years, uh, as well as the more recent ones to talk about those who were those pioneers. And one of the things I always like to remind people, some folks think we have not gotten the pioneers in. I think if you look at the numbers, I would take great exception to that. If you take this 60 years and back of the 55 nominees, uh, at least half of those would be those pioneers. When people say we don't get the pioneers in, it's their favorite pioneer has not gotten in. And that just tends to be their throwback. But if you look at, you know, virtually the whole class of 2013 with guys like Buck Baker and Tim Flock in 2014 and Herb Thomas, you got Lee Petty in the class of 2011, Bill France Sr., uh, Richard Petty started back in the 1950s, Junior Johnson from an inaugural class, class of 2011, uh, has guys uh, like Lee Petty, uh, 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 Bud Moore, and people like that from the early times. So we've gotten the pioneers in. It's just as the Bud Moores who was on our, uh, who was on our uh, voting panel and the Cotton Owens and people like that have passed away, we need a dedicated group to make sure the pioneers are always remembered. And that's not unlike some other sports halls that they didn't start having a pioneers or a seniors committee as the Baseball Hall of Fame calls it. That came 15, 20 years into them being open. You know, and in our case, uh, we're going into our 12th class with the class of 2021. 
Uh, speaking with Winston Kelly here, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, as we're discussing the Hall of Fame procedure. Now, I know in years past, though, fans had an opportunity to vote for the Hall of Fame. Will that continue on as well, or is that something that will not be carrying No, no, no. That is, that is absolutely still a part of the process, and that went live after we made the nominations last week. So you can go to either NASCAR.com or NASCARHall.com and make that link. I actually went on for the first time and, and did a vote yesterday just uh, – you know, while I am on the voting panel, uh, wanted to go through that process and, and put in some folks. And no, I'm not going to tell you who I voted for. And, <laughs> and my decision might change when I get in the voting room uh, later this year. But the fan vote is very much a part of it. And fans, just like the voting panel, there's 64 members on the voting panel and a fan vote. The top two vote receivers for the modern era ballot will count as one vote added, you know, the fan vote counts the same as my individual vote. Same thing on the Pioneer ballot. They get to vote for one of the five candidates. So uh, that will count toward the process just like it has every year. And we're the only sports hall of fame that has a fan vote that actually counts. There's some that do it just for fans to participate, but this actually counts as it has since year one toward the final tally. Well, I'll tell you right now, I wish MLB did do a fan ballot uh, vote because if that was the case, Dale Murphy would be in the Hall of Fame here as far as I'm concerned, uh, coming from Atlanta and a Braves fan. And I'm sure a lot of fans along the Southeast would be voting for Dale Murphy to be in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame if there was such a, an opportunity to do a, a fan vote uh, for sure. Now, the Hall of Fame during this whole situation is closed, and that's unfortunate. I've had the opportunity to, when I've been in Charlotte to check out the Hall of Fame. And if you head on over to the Southern Race Week, uh, Facebook page. I got a lot of great videos and pictures from our visits to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, so you can get a little bit of a taste in the preview of what you look forward to when you head there when they do open up. But uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, if, when you do open up, what new exhibits or exhibitions might you have available for our fans and listeners to check out if they do go back to the Hall of Fame when you do open back up? Well, Kevin Schleicher, our exhibits director, told me after February, he said, this has been the busiest six, seven months that we've had since leading up to opening. We did a major exhibit refresh in our interactive exhibits all throughout the facility, but especially in an area we call inside NASCAR, much larger screens, a lot of touch screens. The technology has evolved over the last 10 years since we've been open, whether it's Glory Road, inside NASCAR and other parts, just much more engaging interactives, larger interactives and things that people can do. For instance, they can go in and pick out different tracks. They can look at the Atlanta Motor Speedway and how it might overlay on top of Martinsville or fit inside Daytona. You can pull up up to four of those. So that's one that we did significant uh, enhancements to. We also updated a lot of exhibits, including Glory Road. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was our guest curator. He very authentically loves the history of the sport. So we talked to him early in 2019 and said, you know, we change Glory Road out every three years. We want you to help us pick the theme, which we he picked champions of NASCAR, and pick the cars. So we went through and researched every championship year to see if a car from that year was still available. Sat down with him. He selected the cars. Uh, and it's for the first time ever, we've got two of certain drivers. We got two of the seven-time champions, two of Dale Earnhardt Seniors, two of Richard Petty, two of Jimmy Johnson, and we've got their first and their seventh car of each one. Their first championship, the 1980 championship for Dale Earnhardt Sr., the 1994 car, the 64 and the 79 for Richard. 
the 2006 and the 2016 for Jimmy Johnson. And then an array of other cars of four-time champion Jeff Gordon, some three-time champions, but Dale picked all of those out. We also updated our Hall of Honor exhibit, of course, and uh, for the class of 2020 that was installed, uh, we do what we call a memorable moments case, which are memorable events that happened in the prior year from 2019, maybe first time wins, something unique that happens. You know, one of the unique things that happened during rain delays last year uh, was Bubba Wallace and Corey LaJoy playing football with folks in the stands. So we got the football from the first one they did, and that's in the memorable moments case along with others that are in there, other memorable uniforms or, or, or pieces of uh, artifacts. Uh, and then our champions case, we update every year, uh, which would have the three champions from the prior year with Matt Craft and of course in the truck series, Tyler Reddick in the Xfinity series and Kyle Busch uh, in the cup series. So uh, a lot of stuff has been updated and we changed out our great hall exhibit in February to include a 25 years of the NASCAR truck series. We call it hauling 25 years of the uh, Gander Outdoors truck series. We've got eight different trucks there uh, and a lot of artifacts. So if you came toward the end of last year, there are a ton of things that are different since, you, since you've been there. Well, I'm looking forward to heading down there. The last time I was down there was for the Roval Race in Charlotte. So I know you guys were doing a lot of work then when I went down to visit. So I'm looking forward to seeing how everything is updated when we get back down there to Charlotte, hopefully here for the All-Star Race. Hopefully we get back in action uh, by then. Winston Kelly, uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Sunday Race Week Radio. If our listeners want to get information about the Hall of Fame and what's going on, where can they go to get info? NASCARHall.com. That's where you can vote for the fan vote that you can see our education program that we have put online since we've been working remotely. NASCARHall.com. You can get anything and everything about the Hall of Fame. Well, thank you, Mr. Kelly, for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, keep hunkering down, and hopefully we will see you uh, back on the air on MRN and back there at the Hall of Fame getting things done, as you always like to do. Thanks a lot, my friends. Always good to be on, and uh, you be safe and healthy yourself. This is John Roberts from FS1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hi, race fans. Welcome back to Southern Race Week right here on your great racing station and on your favorite podcast location. I'm often imitated but never duplicated. I am WB, a.k.a. William Barber, and Alfie and I are practicing the quarantine sessions. Uh, but this week of Southern Race Week is uh, we are in this new world of, of doing a radio and podcast from multiple locations while we keep away from everybody. And uh, Alfie, this week on the show... Uh, we have a guest that I, and, and now I'm understanding why you've never let me interview her, is because your buddy buddy's with her. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the Backyard Country. And also, uh, also and before we, we give her an announcement, we have to make a big announcement. This, this is her third visit on the show, so she's technically now a friend of Federation yeah. Radio. So from her living room in some undisclosed location in a bunker somewhere... <laughs> Let's welcome in driver in the uh, truck series, Xfinity, all of it. She's going to take over the world in NASCAR, as far as I'm concerned, is Miss Natalie Decker. <laughs> Natalie, Natalie, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me today. From going from traveling all the time, testing and team meetings and everything else to being cooped up in a house all day, how are you? adjusting because it's it's tough for me to not 
get in the car every morning and just drive to work. So tell me about it. Well, first, I, I'm just thankful that, you know, my family is staying safe and healthy. And I, I pray that everyone else's family is staying safe and healthy. But it's definitely difficult, like you said. I'm just so used to being on the road and traveling every single week. So staying home this long is really hard. I've never had to do this before. And I'm just always used to going, going, going. Um, so you learn a lot um, staying home at your house. I've been living with my boyfriend here in North Carolina for two years now. And this is the longest we've had to stay home together. So it's wow. been crazy. <laughs> now, is he helping with, now is he helping with chores around the house? Is he cleaning? Is he doing the dishes? Yes, now that we're in like quarantine together, he's helping. But when we're super busy, no help. <laughs> uh, I, I know one of the fun things you've been doing with your time down, and, and I've been a big fan, is watching your YouTube channel. You've been doing some cool, fun videos. So tell us about how much fun you've been having putting these videos together, and where can our listeners go to see these videos? Yes, I absolutely love putting these YouTube videos together. Um, just Natalie Decker on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel, please. We're almost to 10,000 subscribers. But now that we've had time to really sit down and plan out videos and figure out what we want to do, we were able to do that during this time. And we're really enjoying it. And we're definitely going to keep bringing it into when we start going back into racing and do more behind the scenes at the track and things like that. But it's so fun. We love doing it. And I, I know my fans love it. So it makes me really happy. Cool. Natalie Decker on the old uh, Food Depot Zoom line. But I hear that you're kind of mixing it up with some of the storylines that you're doing on the YouTube channel. Yeah, I really just have my whole life on there. So we have iRacing. I recently started getting more into iRacing. So I have that on there. I have a yoga challenge with my boyfriend we did, which is hilarious. <laughs> I did another challenge with my mom and my boyfriend who knows me best. We could not use my dad because he would have won. So we oh. had to do my mom and boyfriend. <laughs> gotcha. um, but I really just like to do a lot of different things. Um, I have a new YouTube video coming out soon that's like um, what's in my race bag and it's all the different gear that I pack and bring to the track. So I really um, just want to show, you know, like really inside my life and then also like fun challenges and just my daily life as much as I can. Now, speaking of iRacing, as you mentioned, you're just kind of starting this up. You've done it before, but you said you created an account, and now you're kind of doing it more in depth. You've done a couple of races so far. So what are your thoughts on iRacing as a way for you to still get a, maybe a little bit of seat time? Because you're not racing. You're not at the track. So do you find this as a way to keep your skills sharp and, and ready to go? So when you do go back to racing, you won't have a long gap or you haven't been in the, in the chair racing? Yeah, definitely. I've always, um, I've never really liked iRacing that much until now. I've never really understood it because um, I never gave myself enough time to really sit down and figure out um, what I like and what I need. And I'm finally figuring out what I need for my sim. I need a different monitor and different things that will make it more realistic to actual driving and right. so i'm figuring that out and i'm really liking it i made an account so i'm a rookie i'm starting at the lowest level and it's going really good i really love it i've been doing a few races and if you're interested in seeing any of the races they're on youtube and i'm definitely gonna be sharing more all right natalie decker on the food depot hotline here on this week's edition of southern race week uh if you'd like to find out more and follow natalie on youtube check her out on youtube and check her out on twitter and natalie racing is your twitter handle and uh i see that you like me in this world that we're in uh 
your your pet seems to get involved in some of your promotions and some of your your chats with your fans as just like my bulldog just did with me a few seconds there <laughs> i see there's a picture behind you too <laughs> yep my dog's name is mo you got your uh your dog involved your your boyfriend involved on your, your social platforms while we're while we're all confined and practicing our social distancing um what what's going to be the first thing that you're going to do or place you're going to go as soon as the world starts turning and you can go wherever you want to where's natalie going to go there's so many places first i want to go to the race shop and see my team second bunch of places out to eat i'm missing fast like fast foods and like sitting down and eating at restaurants and we're traveling. I'm just so used to doing that, so I really miss it. Um, but definitely, I want to go to the racetrack. That's like my number one. Now, between uh, you and your boyfriend, who's the better cook? My boyfriend, hundred percent. Now, what is what is your favorite uh, what is your favorite meal that he creates for you? Um, there's this pasta with like this pesto sauce and zucchini and peppers, and it's really healthy that he makes. That is my one of my favorite meals he makes for me. <laughs> well, Natalie, uh, we got to wrap things up here, but real quickly, uh, uh, William did mention your Twitter handle and your YouTube, but let's throw out everything else social media wise that people can follow you, like you and keep up with what's going on with you and your uh, behind the scenes coverage of your life. Yes, NatalieDeckerInc.com is my website and all my social handles on, are on there. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and my YouTube channel, Natalie Decker. Natalie, we sure do appreciate your time today and uh, stay safe and thank you for keeping us entertained on all of your social platforms and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show uh, for your fourth time. Man, you've been on the show more than I have in the last six weeks. <laughs> I mean, come on. All right. Thank you, Natalie, so much. Don't forget, y'all check out Natalie on social platforms. We've got more Southern Race Week coming up and more ways you can win right after this. I'm Kelly Stavis, pit reporter for NASCAR on NBC, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back, race fans. Uh, this edition of Southern Race Week is always being driven by you tuning in and turning it up, telling your family, friends, cousins, neighbors about all the great guests that we have lined up and how you can get involved with the show. This week on the program, we're going to head on over to the Food Depot Zoom line and check in with the man himself. You hear him in the stands from turn four at Dega. You hear him on the radio, and you hear him in enhanced programming right now with SiriusXM. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the man himself, Bagman. Bagley, Mike Bagley, welcome to the program. Hello, gentlemen. Good to be back in this uh, enhanced format we have here on Southern Race Week. Yes. That's right. I mean, that's right. And in case you haven't heard, Bagman, we have now moved into the podcast world as well because the show is available on Apple iTunes and also Spotify as well as SoundCloud. So now we're reaching a bigger audience of people, hopefully, who will be tuning into the program. So we thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us this week, sir. And now I can say I knew them way back when. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You only just knew us as a small little radio station that was syndicated, and now we've gone worldwide because of yeah. IT. It's amazing now yeah. what technology. Yeah, well, it's amazing what technology can do, and also we have time at home because you're not really out of the office doing stuff. So you kind of learn some new skills. But uh, uh, Bagman, thank you so much for joining this week on Southern Week Radio. And let's just go ahead and start with the big news that just came out recently over the last few days that NASCAR plans to try to return sometime in mid-May 
Now, there's a lot of uh, mixed emotions about this. If you, as you check the Twitter sphere and all the social media, some people are for this. Some people are against this. Now, obviously, this will start without fans. But as far as the format, where we're going to be doing, will there be practices? Will there be qualifying? What are your thoughts on the possibility of us going back to racing here in about mid-May? Well, I mean, there's a lot of information out there, and there's a lot of folks that um, have said they're hearing this, they're hearing that. The, the scuttlebutt train is very full. Um, <laughs> I, I've heard that you know, we, we may go back with no practice. We may go back with no qualifying. May go back with altered pit crews and pit stops may be different. Because stop and think about it. Even though we're going back to the racetrack with no fans, there's still going to be a couple thousand people at the track between pit crews and officials and track workers and media, broadcasters, TV and the like. So I, I've been hearing all of this uh, going back, and I know that that is the goal. But there's still a lot to consider, and there's still a lot to work through. Um, you know, PGA has ordered up a million tests for them to complete their season. I, I imagine something like that perhaps maybe could become uh, evident in NASCAR. What's the workflow? What's the process? And that's just to get in to the facility. What happens if somebody, heaven forbid, tests positive? What's that process? How is that? You know, there's still a lot of work to be going on. Listen, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I want to get back to the racetrack. The last race I called was the Daytona 500 in the middle of February. So here we sit in the middle of April, and I'm just uh, – I'm, I'm over here like a penny waiting for change, man. I'm ready to go. But <laughs> when we go back, we have to go back smart. Because the right. last thing you want to do is go back, and then you have a situation unfold, and then that, then you got a bigger mess than what you had before you went in. So there's still a lot of work to be done, and a lot of work is being done behind the scenes trying to get things rolling again and trying to get this, this racing motor, pardon the pun, started again. You bring up a good point there, uh, Bagman. People don't realize how many uh, crew and team members that you guys have in the radio side, how many TV people it takes to produce a race, much less the, the pit crews, the race teams, and everything else. Um, another thing is, Will, will the media be allowed? Will other media be allowed to be in the media center? Because that gets a little cramped up in there sometimes, brother. I mean, I'm, I'm there for the food, but, you know, at the same time, that's, that's enough, you know, especially Atlanta with that quick trip roller bar that they got going on, you know. But will, will media be allowed back in there? Well, first of all, you know, we're talking about a Texas return. I just want to go to the media center for the babe's chicken that they bring in for the media. Amen. Um, there, there are so many things, in, in, in all seriousness, there's so many things to think about. Um, one thing that I've learned in this process, because people will say, well, if they give us the all clear uh, to come back June 1st, and we're going to go to Michigan, and, and, and we're going to basically pick up where we left off. Oh, no. No, no, no. With the discussions that I've had with folks, you take that schedule that, that, that was given to us last year for the 2020 schedule, of which four races we have completed, cup races, you take that schedule and you put it in the shredder. Because I think that what we are going to do is when we come back, we're going to have to go back where people can receive us. Right. First of all, we got to get the state of North Carolina to open up to get the people back to the shop, to get the stuff ready, to get the cars ready, get the trailers ready. Here's also something else to consider. 
If you look at the cars that were ready in the shop before this happened, you had mile and a half racetrack cars sitting there. Right. So it's probably best because, again, the people haven't been in the shop working down the line. They've had the shops closed. So I would imagine mile and a half racetracks are going to be our initial return. So what do we have that's closest to home? You have Charlotte. You have Atlanta. If you want to take an extended run down 95, you've got Homestead Miami Speedway. So if you go down to Homestead, you're driving right back past Daytona. Do you throw a Daytona race in there while, while you're on your way back up? Perhaps maybe is Homestead in reserve for maybe a track that can't open up or at some point. We're going to have double headers. We're going to have races. I've heard we could have three races in 10 or 11 days, maybe 12 days. So, wow. And that's not even factoring in the truck series or the Xfinity series. So the main concern is getting cut back on the racetrack, but I think we're going to have to go where people will take us and where we can get to while also trying to keep things kind of close to home for now. You don't want people on airplanes and or, or will, will, will private jets be cleared to fly, things like that. So there's a lot to consider, which is what the sport's trying to work through right now, while at the same time just trying to get some of these places opened up for whatever plan is in place will get us to that point. Well, if you just join us on this edition of Southern Race Week, we got Mike Bagley on the uh, Food Depot Zoom line, as we like to call it today, talking about the possibility of NASCAR reopening up in mid-May. Mike, I will tell you that, you know, in off-the-record comments and, and from what I can feel um, from the, the staff at Atlanta Motor Speedway and other racetracks around, the, especially in the SMI world, um, they were on track to have some record attendance, um, especially with Atlanta getting to a spring date. Boy, can you imagine if, if Atlanta was able to have a June date and fans were able to come back, what kind of response that would be and what kind of rejuvenation that would be for Atlanta, who has, had been in that, no offense, but struggling zone there for so long with, with rain and winter and everything else. Well, and that's one of the unfortunate situations to where, you know, Atlanta got cut some slack coming into this year because instead of it being the race right after the Daytona 500, it was pushed to race five of the season and living there as I have, and as you guys currently do, Mm -hmm. a five week swing in Atlanta weather is huge. When you move from the end of February to basically, you know, the middle of, of March, the, uh, the, the, the end of, of March and you're getting into April and all that stuff. Um, I hate it that, that we're, we're probably not going to see a populated Atlanta Motor Speedway. I don't quite, this is just me speaking. My gut tells me, I don't know if we're going to be able to have fans in the stands for the rest of the year, depending yeah. on where we go. And that's the unfortunate thing because to me, the fans make up a, a very important part of the weekend, whether it's visiting with them, their reaction in the stands, hearing them, interacting, having fun with them. But at least we have the outlet of getting back to some degree of normalcy with, with network television, network radio, and, and, and as our governor in Florida down here puts it, generating new content. We need new content. We can only watch so many classic races. We can only watch so many classic ball games. We need to get something new out there, and efforts are being taken to try to get us to that point hopefully the fans will be able to return sooner and join us at the racetrack rather than later, whenever it is we go back and when, and whenever they're um, enabled or permitted to join us there. 
Now, uh, Mike, you guys are doing a kind of a, a special uh, way you're doing your radio show right now for Sirius XM. And the cool thing about it right now, to give your uh, Sirius XM a little plug, is people have access to check out some of the channels now for free uh, during this time we're in quarantine. And, uh, and I think that's really cool that Sirius XM is doing that. So maybe some people have an opportunity who've never listened to your show be able to tune in and listen. So tell us a little bit about what y'all are doing right now uh, during this kind of uh, crazy time we're dealing with with the radio show and how you're kind of doing things right now. Well, when uh, when things started to break loose, matter of fact, I have a note here on my desk that the last show we did before the Corona stoppage was March 16th. <laughs> so as we as as we have crossed the one month mark, what we've had to do is, um, you know, our show, the morning drive on Sirius XM, is Monday through Friday, seven to eleven p.m. Eastern time. Or, I'm sorry, seven to eleven a.m. Eastern time. Well, we have a couple of producers back um, on the channel at, in D.C., where our show is housed. There are two headquarters for SiriusXM, one's in New York City and one's in Washington, D.C. Well, as things are starting to come down, one of the concerns is you have, you know, we, we have two producers for our show. That's one show on one channel. Channels have many shows. There's a lot of people inside of these buildings. Well, with the stay at home, with trying to get workers away from each other, social distancing, we made the call to go into a pre-recorded format, but still air the show the next day. So for instance, our Monday show has been reduced to two hours. Actually, all of our shows all week long have. So instead of being on from seven to 11, we're on seven to nine, but we're replayed several times throughout the day. What we do is we record the day before because we record at a site that's not related to DC or New York City. And we're able to have a phone line there so people can call in and we can interview them and spend a little more time with them. So we record four to 6 p.m. Eastern time for a show that will air seven to 9 a.m. the following morning. So we record Sunday to Thursday instead of being on from Monday through Friday live. So we've cut the show back to, to two hours. Uh, all the shows are in a pre-recorded formation. Um, which the unfortunate thing about that is we don't have the opportunity to interact with folks on the phone lines. But the people inside the sport have been very gracious with their time, give us a little more interview time, get to know them better. So until further notice, until we go back to the racetrack for racing, that's the mode that we're in. So we're on from 7 to 9, it's replayed again from 9 to 11, and then replayed a couple of times throughout the day. So some people can tell it's recorded, some people can't tell it it's recorded, but the bottom line is we're just trying to keep new content flowing and we're, we're trying to bring the people inside the sport to the fans and, and, and us be that conduit. It just so happens that, you know, if you if we didn't tell you, you wouldn't know. But that's right. the process that we're engaged in now, pre-recording instead of going live. It's called Near Live with Bagman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, listen, man, we sure do appreciate it, man. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for the updates. And, uh, dude, um, Good luck on everything. I hope that we can get uh, get to hearing you back doing the lap by lap uh, coverage as soon as possible. Because um, Lord knows, I miss hearing you doing those doing those great calls, and um, can't wait to have you back on the show, brother. Thank you, gentlemen. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Thanks for making time for me and and uh, allowing me to join you and your listeners. And Zoom me anytime. The Zoom line is always open here at Bagman. Hey, this is NASCAR driver Trevor Bain, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans, this is about to wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week. Don't forget you can find us. You can follow us anytime. Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. 
You can also find us on Twitter at SRW Radio. You can also find us anytime you want. You can find Alfie at Alfie underscore 19 on Twitter. Me at WB Radio Network. And you can also find me on Instagram at William Barber. Look for anything. Hashtag Southern Race Week. Hashtag WB Radio Network. Hashtag fun. Hashtag quarantine. That's right. And also don't forget, we'll have the full podcast show available for you on iTunes, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. Just go and search for Southern Race Week. You'll find it. Also, we'll post it up on our social media pages as well. But thanks to all our great guests this week, Natalie Decker, Mike Bagley, and Winston Kelly. So thanks to those great individuals for being a part of the program this week. And we got another jam-packed program next week, William, don't we? So far, we have a few confirmed guests. Still working on a few more, but we have two big guests that will definitely be on the program next week. Our good buddy Doug Rice from PRN is going to stop by, and with him, with Doug, you never know. We're going to talk about racing. We're going to talk about his uh, vinyl collection. He's a big vinyl LP collector. Also, too, JoJo Wilkerson been winning some more awards with the Speed 51 Drivers Competition. So, going to find out more about that. Uh, JoJo, along with other former guests that are young guns in the NASCAR Future Series uh, that have been on the show are battling it out for awards and prizes, even though there's no racing going on. Alfie, I tell you, we couldn't do the show without Food Depot grocery stores. Check out fooddepot.com. Download the free app today in your Google or uh, iTunes account. And it couldn't do the show without you, brother. Southern Race Week, Southern Race Week Radio Network. Mm-hmm.